Hello everybody, you're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host Marcus Rude, and today we got another fun-filled episode for you today. Um, I think we're on episode 36, so holy crap. Uh, one year is coming up next month, I, almost exactly one month away actually. It's pretty pretty surreal, but uh yeah, this episode is going to be about Kathy's Curse that was made in 1977. And, uh, oh man, this is going to be a rough one for me. <laughs> um, before I get into Kathy's Curse, though, I do want to mention um, last Sunday, September 13th, I went and seen um, Evil, The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 double feature at the drive-in which was really cool and uh just want to thank Grindhouse releasing and the Bluegrass Drive-In for hosting it and uh this is incredible I would just I would love to see more movies like that get thrown back at the movie theater it really just I don't know it, it just seemed like the perfect place to watch them type of movies I mean, sure, they're fun to watch at home, but just watching it at the drive-in, just, I don't know, just had some type of magic to it, and it's very awesome. So, got to uh, watch that with a couple buddies over at uh, Death Stitch Custom Clothing, and uh, a couple of their friends and family. So, it was really cool to, to see a crowd show up there, and uh, definitely people that I'm familiar with, so it wasn't just so awkward. Uh being by myself uh, my wife wasn't able to make it so uh she was nice enough to let me go along with my friends and uh which was very nice of her so shout out to my wife and uh even ran into uh jason over at uh wake brewing so it was kind of cool to see him there and we all were just kind of sit back relaxing and uh watching some evil dead action it was awesome and uh to help me get through this Kathy's Curse episode, uh, I am drinking a Frost Hammer IPA from Wake Brewing. Shout out to Wake Brewing. These are probably my favorite beer of all time as of right now. Like, these are just so fucking good. And uh, Wake Brewing is killing it. If you're ever in the Quad Cities, check them out. Um, they're a brewery in Rock Island, Illinois. They make fresh craft beer right there at the brewery it's just it's awesome stuff guys but uh anyways i ramble about them a lot so if you are a regular listener i'm sure i've been throwing uh (laughs) wake brewing down your guys' throats so appreciate you uh fighting through me talking about them if you're a regular listener but i really just can't praise them enough they're they're freaking amazing they (laughs) They have amazing beer, and I will be a supporter for or uh, for their beer for a long time. And uh, in any ways, 
Um, any news? Let's see. Not a whole lot of news. Oh, yeah. I will mention um, Jimena Del Solar, who was a past guest on the show. Um, if you listen to that episode, we talked a little bit about some of the uh, projects that she was working on currently at the time. Well, one of those projects, Ill Final Contagium, um, finally got its U.S. release. And you can actually pick up a copy at Walmart. So you can get the Blu-ray DVD combo at Walmart for 15 bucks. It's, it's not a bad price. So if you're ever curious to, to see any of her work in the United States, check it out, guys. I picked up a copy uh, last week and uh, got about halfway through it and then uh, had, to, had to do some other things. But uh, it, it seemed pretty cool so far. So uh, I would definitely be checking out the whole thing and uh i'll let you know my little review on that maybe at some point but uh very cool stuff guys uh i think it's cool anyways um you know whatever whatever uh i don't know i think it's pretty cool then uh on a couple other letter notes uh time's up which was the episode previous to this one uh, I'm pretty sure like a couple hundred dollars short of meeting their goal and they still have like 13 days left. So, uh, things are looking very good for them. Uh, it, it sounds like they're going to meet their goal. Um, uh, if you guys are listeners of my show and you contributed to the show, uh, I just want to say thank you for listening to the episode and, uh, supporting a great indie horror film that is yet to come. It sounds very promising, the cast is amazing. <laughs> uh, they just added a couple more people to the the uh, to the the cast, and <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a very promising uh, New Year's Eve slasher film. So, um, but if you guys haven't yet, check out the last episode I did and uh, the link to the Indiegogo campaign to. Um, to contribute and get yourself some some uh, cool stuff in the process, go check it out. And also want to mention Addison Binnick's roast masterpiece theater, Cult of Frankenstein, has met their goal as well. So congrats to Addison, and uh, I look forward to seeing what you have in store for us as well. And also, uh, I've never mentioned this before, but I, I figured I'd, I'd mention it. Uh, the Never Hike Alone series is continuing with Never Hike in the Snow. It's the Friday the 13th fan film. That has met their goal, and uh, we'll be able to see that for free on YouTube at uh, Womp Stomp Films' um, YouTube page. And that will be uh, premiering October 13th, 2020. So look forward to that as well. Those fan films are fucking amazing. I I uh, donated to the campaign last year. Um, I think it was last year for the the first one, and it was amazing. And uh, this one sounds the new one sounds like it's going to be awesome. And I contributed as well, just so I can kind of keep my uh, Blu-ray stack of those going because I'm sure they're going to keep coming out with more of them. But uh, 
that's definitely uh, something to mark your calendars if if you're into that kind of stuff. I got a uh, a few things lined up as far as uh, episodes and um, possible guests will be coming at some point. So uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, I haven't really been getting much feedback on the podcast, so hopefully you guys are digging the content. Let me know if you guys don't like guests on the show and you like me doing solo stuff more, or if you guys do dig guests, uh, let me know as well. So, I mean, I, I know what you guys like. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I like to do, and hopefully you guys dig it too. But, you know, I do like to hear some feedback and just kind of see how I'm doing. Or if you're just, you know... The quiet type that just wants to sit back and just let let the, the go with the flow. That's cool too. But uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to throw that out there that uh, you know I just I want to hear you guys' opinions as well because I know you guys just hear my opinions all the damn time. But I mean that's why I do this podcast, right? So you guys can hear my opinions and or if you guys just want to poke fun of me <laughs> that's fine too I, I really don't give a shit but anyways 1977's kathy curse it's the they claim it's the canadian exorcist carrie type ripoff movie which i guess that's kind of what they're going for but i don't know my opinion it didn't really feel like the exorcist was an influence i mean maybe the little girl who i think they say she's eight eight or nine kind of i guess you would say could be like a reagan-esque type figure but i mean i don't know i'm not really i'm not really sold on that but anyways let's check out kathy's curse Just when you thought horror films reached an intensely shocking peak of terror, here is Kathy's Curse. It's gone, Kathy. Your eyes hurt, don't they? Well, it's perfectly natural. You've been burnt in a fire. Just wait a minute. And I'll make it stop hurting. What do you do when unexpected horror erupts all around you? Kathy's curse. Kathy just wants to play with you, but please don't take her dolly. A pretty little girl. Peer into the gimbal home. Join a spellbinding odyssey of fright, 
Kathy is sugar and spice and everything nice. She just likes to keep her company entertained. <laughs> Kathy loves to play in the attic. You never know what Kathy will come up with next. <laughs> Enter the bizarre realms of the living dead. Come to Kathy's house. She's waiting for you. She seems to be running out of friends. Kathy's curse. She has the power to terrorize. Rated R. Kathy's curse. Woof. Uh, so you can watch this movie for free on YouTube. Uh, someone nicely uploaded this. Uh, I don't know how long it'll be up for, but uh, there's actually a, a pretty good um, <clears throat> quality version of this, like an HD version on YouTube. And it's got the full movie. Um, the runtime is an hour and 28 minutes. Um, the YouTube version is almost 130. 31 minutes so <clears throat> I'm not sure um, what all was uh, sort of added I think almost some of the scenes are like slowed down in some spots I think that was kind of like how they could get around <laughs> um, to uh, getting that uploaded but uh, I don't know I don't want to get them in trouble be or anything because it is a uh, a great source to watch the movie if you don't own it. <laughs> um, I do have it on VHS, uh, but watching it in HD, I, I did end up watching the YouTube version just because it was easier access. Um, hence, like, headphones, because I had to watch this late at night when my girls were sleeping, and I don't have headphones when I play my VHS tapes, so I sort of being rogue about it and watched it with my headphones um but watching it in hd was was uh <laughs> a little easier to watch i think i um i think watching this on vhs would be super rough unless you're like a diehard kathy's curse fan um which i will tell you i was not a fan of this movie and um it had a, a lot to do with just a mixture of, of a lot of things. It wasn't just one one thing. I think a lot of it had to do with just how much the editing job, everything just, everything happened so fast. And like when they would chop to scene after scene, there was no transitions as far as, why they're going to this next scene or anything like it just it's just right in your face it cuts to the next scene and it's like oh well how how do they jump to this part of the house or you know like well why is it all over the place like that's i guess that's what i'm trying to get across it's like it it just it didn't make sense there was no uh the the storytelling was just so splotchy and just i don't know 
I mean, I guess a good point is it kind of gets right to the point, but it that's where I was sort of laughing at was just like, how the hell could you go from that scene to just this scene? I don't know. I don't know. If you watch this movie, maybe you kind of pick up on what I'm saying. But uh, I don't know. I, uh, I I tried I tried really hard to like this because apparently this does have a, a cult following, and I <laughs> I mean I've honestly never heard of this movie until a, a few years ago. Um, Severin um, did a release on Blu-ray, and uh, apparently, like it's. It's a great uh, Blu-ray to own, and I mean, I don't own it. I don't know if I ever will, but um, I guess maybe just to see the special features and the commentary tracks, just to kind of get more of other people's opinions on this, and maybe it would kind of make more sense to me, but just from me watching it the other day, um, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if... <laughs> I mean, I guess this would be a good movie if you're watching with some of your friends and just kind of, you know, do like a MST3K type thing and just, you know, kind of riff on the movie, I guess would be fun. But just to sit back and enjoy a movie, you know, by yourself or whatever, it's... Uh, I don't know. I and this is my opinion, but I I just I wasn't a fan of it, and uh, and it it, <laughs> it it baffles me that there's a cult following over it. I mean, maybe maybe I'm missing out on why it's a cult movie, but I don't know. Um, hate my opinion, if you will, but that's that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So, this film was the first English language spoken movie that uh, French director Eddie Madelon had made. And uh, this movie was filmed on location in West Mountain, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. This movie starred Randy Allen, who played Kathy. And a fun fact. She did not read the script until the first day of shooting, and this was also her only ever credited film. Alan Scarf, who plays George Gimble in this movie, he's he's played in, in some pretty big movies. Um, Lethal Weapon 3, Double Impact with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and the only other horror film that I could find that he was in was a uh, 1982 movie called Murder by Phone. And I've never seen that either. So I don't know if it's a French horror film or not. I, I haven't really uh, looked into it at all. So, uh, you know, I can't really give you my opinion on that one. Or or review for that matter. Um, Beverly Murray, who plays Vivian Gimble... Um, also like George's wife in this film she's played in some other movies um like The Carpenter with uh Winghauser which uh the cover of that one looks pretty awesome I actually want to check that out sometime uh 
in the future. She was also in East End Hustle. And I actually think I own that on VHS. And it was uh, released by Troma, I think. Or at least uh, the guys behind Troma. Uh, if I remember right. Which I thought that was interesting. I mean, I don't know if they actually uh, like produced or distributed the film um, as far as like when the production happened. But I think maybe they acquired it in like a dis distribution deal because I I don't think that I could be wrong. I I actually have never watched it. It uh, it actually was a moldy tape that I picked up and I ended up cleaning it, uh, but never never watched it. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting to see Troma's name, or at least uh, Lloyd Kaufman's name slapped on it, or it was uh, the other guy too. But anyways, yeah, one of the one of their guys' names was on it, and that it kind of piqued my interest, so I picked it up. She was also in a '80s movie called Breaking All the Rules. So those are some of the bigger ones that she's been in, besides this one. Um, this movie also stars Dorothy Davis, who plays Mary, and she's been in a couple other films: uh, Shivers, Cronenberg Shivers. Night Fright, and The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, starring uh, Jodie Fro uh, young Jodie Froster. And then Mary Mortar, who plays the medium in this movie, she was also in Little, in Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. Um, Sonny Forbes, who plays the inspector in this movie, he's played in Scanners, Shivers, and an action flick called City on Fire. And then the last actor, actress that I will name off, uh, Renee uh, Gerarde. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name. Uh, I think I think it's Ger Gerard. 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 I'm just gonna go with Gerard. Uh, she plays Mrs. Burton. And I just want to mention her because she played in a movie with Peter Cushing and Donald Pleasance called The Uncanny. And uh, I just thought that was a cool little fact. Um, more um, little trivia stuff that I'll say about Kathy's Curse. Um, the film was shot over the course of six weeks in the winter of 1976. And all the special effects were done practically. And this was sort of random, but uh, Laurent Quaglio, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm going to roll with that. Who was one of the editors for this film. He was the sound guy for a movie called Ninth Gate starring Johnny Depp. And then he also uh, was a sound guy for Femme Fatale and Frantic starring Harrison Ford. So sort of random, but you know. I, I like to I like to hear fun trivia facts, so there's a couple for you. So this movie <laughs> let me let me have a drink of my beer. Okay. In 
it starts off with Kathy's aunt as a little girl, and she's crying upstairs, and her daddy uh, runs up the stairs and uh, is trying to find her. He ends up finding her up the stairs, and uh, her dad asks her where her mother is, and she says that she's gone and she took George with her. And then the dad says, your mother's a bitch. Come with me. <laughs> and, you know, right at the bat, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, damn, like, we're really going to go there? Okay. <laughs> so uh, they get in the car and they drive off. A rabbit runs across the road. And the little girl jerks the steering wheel. And the car is just kind of going out of control. And, and, and this is in the wintertime. So the roads are a little slick and stuff. So the car is going a little crazy. And the car ends up crashing in the ditch. And then it just lights on fire. And uh, they both get uh, knocked out. Uh, the, the dad's unconscious, though. And uh, Kathy kind of wakes up. And she's like, Daddy, Daddy, wake up. Daddy, wake up. And uh, they end up just burning alive in the in the car. I I couldn't believe it. I like common sense to me. You know, if she's coherent and trying to get her dad to wake up, why couldn't she open the door and just escape? Or you know, I I don't know. I don't know if cars were built different back then, but I'm pretty sure. They were pretty easy to unlock. You just kind of pull up on the, the little lock uh, knob. And <laughs> she should have been able to escape. The, it looked like there's no door damage done whatsoever. So uh, I just I don't know where the common sense was there. But I'm sure this wasn't made for people to figure out common sense shit. Because they end up both dying in the, in the car burning scene. And, uh, and that's it for Kathy's aunt. And, uh, so we get, we get a title scene sequence that with the credits that's going on during this whole car crash. And we saw Kathy's curse, uh, the title light up once, but then we also see another time pop up right after, uh, we learned that they both apparently die in this car crash um so then i guess it, it cuts to years later and george decides that his family is to move into his childhood home that i'm assuming his mother leaves for him because we, we never really get clarification on a lot of things but <clears throat> just from watching the movie it sort of adds up that okay he must be getting that from his mother and Somehow supernatural things just happen right off the bat because when Kathy wakes up from napping in the car when they arrive, she kind of stretches her arms and stuff and then the camera kind of like cuts to like some bed sheets and they start moving like someone's getting out of bed. So it, it sort of like insinuates that right off the bat, it's it's... Either one or two things, or I could be wrong about this. But it sort of seems like she's connected to the house right away, and that's what's happening. Or <laughs> her aunt, uh, Spirit, is getting out of bed. And uh, I don't know. It, it sounds really 
bizarre, but I can't really wrap my head around, uh, you know, what this whole, what the whole scene is supposed to be about. But we learn that um, George and his wife Vivian and Kathy are going to move into the house. And um, Vivian is suffering from depression. Uh, she just had a miscarriage that uh, we we sort of learn. Um, but, I mean, it isn't really said in plain words. But that's pretty much what's going on. So, uh, you know, you can sort of tell... That's why Vivian, um, her actions are, are betrayed this way just because, you know, she's, she's been through some shit. So, um, it makes more sense, to, uh, to, uh, to know that that's going on. But we get some scenes of George sort of reminiscing about, uh, certain items in the house and there's like a some type of figure that he said, Oh, I remember that's one fondly and, and <laughs> whatnot. It's kind of, kind of weird, but whatever. But pretty much we get some scenes of, uh, the family sort of coping with, uh, the move and the dad's excited to see the Cassie, Kathy's adjusting to the house. And, you know, the mother just seems really distraught and doesn't like it there. Uh, but the father insists on them staying and whatnot. And uh, so they end up having breakfast downstairs. And uh, Kathy's sort of singing like Jack and Jill went up the hill to catch a pail of water. That old nursery rhyme. And she keeps like repeating and repeating it. And it was sort of getting annoying to me too. So uh, <laughs> I don't blame the mother for acting the way she did. She kind of was like, you know, will you stop it? And... Um, she does, and you know, George's like, hey, you know, is it, you okay? And Vivian's like, someone's watching me from the garden, George. And he's kind of like, you're being silly, blah, blah. But he's like, I'll go check it out. They, him and Kathy go out there, and it's the neighborhood kids kind of just, I don't know, spying or, you know, someone's new to the town, so they're just curious to see who it is. But so it just kind of jumps to uh, these kids and their mothers show up and they kind of introduce themselves and everything's just kind of moving along real fast. But uh, I guess that's just the pace that they wanted to keep in this movie. So like the kids just kind of explore the house or Kathy goes upstairs to the attic and just exploring the house. She ends up um, finding like a, a portrait of her aunt Laura, which... We, we learn throughout this movie. And she finds this doll that she seems to just be attached to. And uh, right off the bat, they, the scene of her exploring up in the attic was a little creepy. But uh, I do want to point out, if you watch the HD version, the painting of her Aunt Laura... You can definitely see the eyeballs, um, that those are like an actual light that, uh, um, we learn later in this movie that the eyes end up glowing green. And, uh, so you can definitely tell that that effect was done with, uh, some kind of light. And, uh, I don't know, it just looks goofy. 
and uh, really takes that movie magic out of it because you can clearly see what it is. You're not fooling anybody. Um, <laughs> certainly did not fool me, I will say that. <laughs> but, uh, but meanwhile, uh, Kathy is upstairs in the attic. Vivian is getting herself acquainted with the local neighbors. And uh, one of them is a psychic medium who, while in conversation, uh, has a vision of Mary and her father's death while, uh, you know, while uh, inside the house talking to uh, Vivian and the other lady. She kind of gets distraught about it because it is sort of feels real. And, and uh, I don't know, it's kind of a different scene. But uh, Kathy's behavior starts to to change and we start seeing like a really cruel side to uh kathy and uh she's being mean to the neighbors and actually pokes like a pin in uh one of the kids eyes and uh while they're like playing like this race car game uh and uh so the kid's mother runs out i'm like oh you know like we need to. I think. I think it's best if we just leave the situation now. We're gonna go take care of your eye. And uh, Vivian's just kind of asking Kathy, like, you know, what, what happened? What's going on? And uh, didn't really punish Kathy. Uh, I guess didn't really care to find out exactly what she did. So that was uh, a little, little different. But uh, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we learned that, uh, Kathy has some, uh, telekinetic powers, and so this is where you can kind of see that, uh, Carrie-esque type, uh, behavior happening, and, uh, so, while home alone with Kathy, Mary, the nanny and housekeeper, um, ends up dying she uh falls out of a window and kathy's mother sort of witnessed her fall and sees kathy up in the window and she sort of thinks that kathy might have pushed her out the window i mean that's what i kind of gathered from it because the mother sort of goes cuckoo a little bit after this and uh you know she's pretty much is in some type of like major depressive state and Kathy's uh violent and abusive behavior continues uh and uh particularly to her mother and she, you know the father is pretty much on Kathy's side because he's starting to think that his wife is losing it you know um but the psychic later visits the home and uh, because um, we don't learn this. I mean, I'm going to have to spoil this. I mean, obviously, because I'm talking about the movie. But um, Kathy impersonates as her mother and calls the psychic to call her over to visit her. 
So she thinks she's talking to Vivian, but really she's talking to Kathy. And uh, she tells, and once, I guess, once she gets to the house, she has the medium go up to the attic. And she's still talking as if, Kathy is still talking to the psychic as if she's Vivian. So um, the psychic was sort of like, well, I thought you're in the hospital or something like that. And, uh, but she falls for it. She goes upstairs to the attic and the psychic is confronted by the disturbing vision of herself being disfigured and burned. But while the psychic sees uh, these visions of herself getting burned and whatnot, the I thought it was funny. The psychic was like, "Well, if it isn't the medium herself, <laughs> medium, I'd say extra rare piece of shit." <laughs> and I thought that was uh, <laughs> I I like that line. I'll I'll give it that. So pretty much uh, Laura and Kathy, they have sort of intertwined. So, I mean, I guess this is where you could sort of say that the exorcist-like shit happens because Laura, which is George's sister, who would be Kathy's aunt, is sort of like, possessing Kathy I guess to sort of that's how she's able to communicate with the with the present time world type shit I, I don't know but uh so she pretty much convinces the medium to never tell anybody what she has seen and to never talk about what has happened here and they really fuck with her to where she pretty much agrees and never returns and never talks about this ever happening. But earlier I sort of uh, left this out, but there's a scene where Paul takes care of Kathy. And so as the nanny had died, um, the old man, Paul, is... Pretty much George's last um, contact as far as being able to watch Kathy while he's gone. And so he agrees to do it. And uh, him and Kathy uh, really rip into the medium and are calling her heinous names. And uh, he's he's really drunk at this point. And... Uh, you know, Kathy influences him to just keep drinking and drinking. So he pretty much drinks himself into a coma. And this is where we see a scene where he's pretty much passed out. But we see, like, a lot of these, like, spiders and snakes disappearing out of nowhere. They're, like, all over his hands and, like, all over the kitchen table and whatnot. And it's kind of a weird scene. But anyways, so after the medium runs out of the house... Not really a whole lot happens for a little while. Like anything like really worth noting. Just a lot of dialogue uh, scenarios like with the with Vivian and uh, and whatnot. But 
jumping to the scene where um the kids are sort of playing outside and uh kathy starts going towards the pond and she sees her aunt sort of looking at her like uh pretty much convincing her to go into the pond and drown herself and remind you this is like winter time so the water has to be freaking cold and uh she starts drowning in there miraculously a kid runs to the house in time to tell her dad that uh, kathy is drowning in the pond her dad freaks out and starts running towards the pond to get her but i don't know here's my common sense coming back uh if she was drowning when the boy noticed wouldn't she pretty much be dead by now i mean that's that's gotta take some time to run up to the house when you see someone drowning to tell the dad and then the dad has to run down to the pond uh it just i don't know i guess that's the movies for you but that uh that one didn't make sense to me so after george saves kathy from drowning um vivian sort of like uh Fears that Kathy may be possessed or is under some type of influence of supernatural entities or anything at play. Um, but George dismisses it and is just kind of like, you know, come on, Vivian, like, just look at her, you know, and Kathy's crying and whatnot. And uh, Vivian is just kind of still stuck on that uh, something is going on with Kathy and she's just really sure of it but George dismisses it as uh uh delusions and just just isn't believing Vivian so uh one night when George is away at work uh, Vivian is being taken care or uh watched by uh Paul the old guy and uh has to watch Kathy as well. But using Kathy using tenel- telekinetic powers uh ends up murdering Paul. And Vivian discovers that uh his disfigured corpse uh is outside. So she goes upstairs and she finds Kathy and Kathy's all covered in burns and scars and uh, reveals herself to be Laura, who is possessing Kathy's body. So Vivian ends up being correct. And she's not the crazy person as uh, everyone else thinks she is. But uh, while this is going on, George has tried to call the house and no one's picking up. So he's like, eh, I better head home and figure out what the hell is going on so uh so it cuts back uh vivian sees the scars and burns on kathy and vivian gets close to her and ends up snatching the doll from her and uh kind of just got like a one over on kathy or laura i should say and uh one step ahead i should say and thinking wise but uh Kathy and her mom, I should say Laura, you know, taking over Kathy, uh, 
whatever you want to, whoever you want to say it is. Uh, so her and her mom start to wrestle and fight over the doll. And then this is where George finally shows up and he sees Paul on the ground. And he runs over to him and you can definitely see Paul's dead body flinch when George runs up on him. It's a little funny. But uh, George ends up running in the house. And he sees Kathy all burnt. And uh, him and Kathy sort of have like a little stare at each other. And, <laughs> you know, George seeing Kathy all burnt up, it, it, you know, is. I would say it's like funny, but it's just like one of those moments like, like he's finally seen like what's really going on. And, uh, you know, Laura's just kind of like, oh shit, you know, like. <laughs> There's there's her brother, and Kathy is her dad. So it's like kind of this weird scenario type thing. But uh, Vivian ends up getting up, and she rips at the doll's eyes, and apparently that's what breaks the curse. And glass begins to shatter throughout the whole house. Laura starts to disappear like her aura that Kathy can see starts to disappear and Kathy is starting to come back to normal and uh, we see like that painting of Laura upstairs in the attic with her glowing green eyes they start to disappear like the eyes color starts to disappear and then we get like a sentimental Kathy pleading to her mommy and Vivian is happy that her Kathy is back and the movie pretty much ends with the camera shot zooming in on the doll with the blood dripping down its eyes. And that's pretty much it. That's Kathy's curse, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know. Talking about this movie and kind of getting into the details about things. Maybe I was a little harsh on this movie. But I don't... I. I I don't know. I I still don't think I like this movie, but um, I can sort of see the exorcist elements in it a little bit, with possibly like the possession stuff. But nothing. It's you know, it's nothing like biblical, like the devil or anything is possessing her. So that's where like I I really don't think it's like an exorcist type movie. Um, just my opinion. Um, I don't know. I mean, is, this was a, a different movie, and I know it's a, a a movie made in the late 70s, so, uh, I don't know. You know, there's been some really good movies made in the 70s, so I can't really hold this one high up there. Um, you know, like the greats, like The Exorcist is a great one. Uh, Texas Chainsaw. Black Christmas, uh, Dawn of the Dead. I mean, there really has been some great 70s movies, so I can't really say that all those made in the 70s, so that's why I have to give it some lenience as far as, you know, that this could possibly, possibly be a good movie. I, I just can't hold it up that high. <sighs> Sorry, guys, but uh, <laughs> that's my opinion. Let me know if you guys dug this movie, and uh, I'm sure I 
probably did leave some things out of it, but uh, I just, I, I can't bring myself to just really put a lot of thought and detail into this one. It just, uh, this was not a, uh, this was a chore to do. <laughs> Let me say that. Uh, but, you know, that's that's a part of uh, why I do this, because I discover new movies I've never seen before and talk about them and give you my opinions. Some I might really like, some I might not. So this one definitely fell into that. Maybe not so much uh, to my liking, but eh. Um, well, I will wrap it up here with, uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Rude Horror Podcast, or you can follow me on Twitter at Rude Horror Pod, or you can email me at rudehorror at gmail.com and uh, talk to me there or however you want to talk to me or, or follow me or whatever you guys want to do. Um, I'm not really going to say exactly what my next episode is going to be because I'm not sure. I do have a guest lined up and uh, some other stuff in the works collaborating with other uh, content creators. So uh, I'm just going to leave it as that. Just stay tuned. Follow my social media. And uh, stay tuned for the next one, guys. You have been listening to the Root Horror Podcast. If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe. If you dare.